TFS episode number 109. This is Greg Duncan. And this is Martin Woodward. And, and, Brian to, and Brian, you are here to help us celebrate an awesome birthday. Uh, we were thinking about, you know, what's coming up March 17th is the 10th anniversary of TFS, and we couldn't think of anybody else to have on the show. We've been upselling your appearance on the show, and, and um, I have to thank you for coming on and making time for us. But first, for the, like, 12 people who don't know who you are. Let me uh, give them a brief introduction. Brian Harry is a technical fellow working as a corporate vice president for Visual Studio Team Services, responsible for all of Microsoft's ALM and developer services, their internal engineering systems, and not to forget the father of Team Foundation Server. Brian worked at the startup DaVinci Systems doing electronic mail from 1988 to 1992. In 1992, Brian left DaVinci Systems to create OneTree software. OneTree was a classic garage-type startup company that developed and sold a product that turned into SourceSafe. OneTree Software and SourceSafe was acquired by Microsoft in 1994. After joining Microsoft, Brian worked in what was then the Tools and Development Tools and Database Division, hard for me to say. In 1996, he and others began working on the problem of improving the approachability of APIs for the developer masses. Although this started as an investigation of ways to extend COM, it eventually grew into what we now know as the CLR and the .NET framework. Brian was the original development manager for the CLR, and then as the product unit manager through the rest of V1 and most of the V11 cycle. Brian, thank you for wow, being on that's the show. A <laughs> <laughs> did he get did he get it right, Brian? Is that about right? <laughs> I, I think it's roughly right, but it's we always go. weird to listen to your own bio. <laughs> and I really like the way you, you, you introduced me when you said we couldn't think of anybody else to invite, so we invited you. <laughs> that was great. Oh yeah, that kinda of came off kinda of wrong, didn't it? <laughs> nope, not offended at all. Well, you know, first of all, I, I got to do the fanboy thing. And, you know, as somebody on the outside in the field, I, I wanted to thank you and the entire team. I, I've been using Microsoft Developer Products since Visual Basic 1.0. I used Microsoft Delta and then all versions of SourceSafe. So I've installed TFS 2005. Um, I've been using Visual Studio for forever, and I, I use it today. As a matter of fact, I was writing code today in it. The, the changes in speed of the rollouts for VSTS and TFS, I, I got to tell you, is frankly amazing. And, and through you, I want to make sure that, you know, we say it in the show a lot, but I really want to thank you and the entire team for what you guys have been doing, and especially how you pivoted in the last few years. From going to Big Bang releases to this uh, amazing speed of update cycles, uh, just, that is, it makes my brain explode. Yeah. Uh, and I also wanted to thank you personally for those blog posts that you put out. They have got to be paid for the right, the, the postmortems and the here's the things that we that went wrong and, you know, here's how we're going to try to fix it. Um, that candor and transparency for somebody who's sitting on the outside of Microsoft is really, really refreshing and provides me a unique view into Microsoft and the world of VSTS. I appreciate that. You know, one of, one of my philosophies has always been, Everybody, everybody already knows when you screw up. All they're checking is to see whether you know if you, you know, that you screwed up. So uh -huh. uh, you might as well just admit it because you're not, 
you're not kidding anybody by not admitting it. That explains a heck of a lot about our review meetings as well, Brian. <laughs> when things have gone well and when things haven't, because yeah, it's always when uh, somebody walks into a meeting and um, and doesn't seem to understand that they've messed up that uh, that, that interesting things happen. Whereas when people uh, you know have a clear idea of what's gone wrong and how we've gone and fixed it, it's always been it's always been very uh, very constructive. That's right. Heck, everybody makes mistakes. It's yeah. it's a question of can you learn? You know, can you recognize them? Can you learn from them? And uh, everybody's going to make mistakes. So just don't so, make the same ones. Yeah. <laughs> the 17th, a couple days from when we are recording this, and we hope to actually release this on the 10th birthday of TFS. The 10th birthday of TFS, how does that make like you feel? Are you guys going to have a party? Are you going to have a celebration? Are there going to be like Marsh, uh, not uh, M&M things for <laughs> TFS? Or It makes me feel old. <laughs> You know, if you'd asked me when was TFS's 10th anniversary, I wouldn't have even remembered. Uh, you know, 10 years is a uh, seems like forever ago. Um, but it, it, you know, it certainly was a big point for me. We we spent a bunch of time building it, and and shipping it was uh, was a major you know a major deal. And actually, there's a story in there about the one of many mistakes I've made in my life. But um, uh, you know, we are going to have a little celebration. I I, I haven't been uh, in the details of planning it, but I think in uh, in both in Redmond and in North Carolina and in India, we're going to have um, a bit of a celebration with each of the teams to to recognize that it, it is a, a big moment. Ten years, um, it's been a, a very successful product. A lot of people have used it and liked it, um, and we it, it's very uh, dear to us, and and we're very passionate about it. So uh, we'll have a little celebration to. Uh, to to mark the day. What's fairly unique about TFS as well is how many of the the characters from the early days are still around the product as well. It's you know people have yeah, stuck it, around, haven't they? There have been quite a few. Um, you know, it's funny. It, it, it obviously started very very small, and now it's not. Um, <laughs> so there's lots of new people, and uh, it, it's funny. I, you know, as the team grew from well, it started with two of us, and 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 grew and grew and grew. There were definitely you know, I, I noticed, you know, the point where I suddenly didn't know everybody on the team anymore. And then, um, and, and now, you know, the team is big enough that I'm not even sure I know half the people on the team anymore, you know, in terms of personally know them. Um, it's, uh, it's been an amazing journey. So what was the story you were alluding to, Brian? What was the, one of the mistakes? <laughs> well, you it's funny. Um, so so the, the, the story is, you, you realize what we're celebrating is, uh, is what, March 17th, 2006. Oh yeah, of exactly. Course, <laughs> the product was called TFS 2005. <laughs> so I, I remember the day. You know, we, we started it in late 2002. So it was a big project, and it, it as projects at Microsoft tend to do, evolved a lot over the the, the journey. And I, I remember terribly uh, in. Oh, it was supposed to ship in, I don't remember the exact date. It was October or November. Yeah, it's November of, 20, 2015 as part of Ready to Rock the Launch tour. Yep, yep. And uh, I remember having to go into my boss's office in, you know, July-ish and say, um, we're not going to be ready. <laughs> I, 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 um, you know, the, the, the quality of the product, the completeness of the product isn't there. Um, it's not ready. And I'm not going to be able to ship it when you ship Visual Studio. Um, yeah, that's never a fun conversation <laughs> to have because um, you know you're creating a lot of problems for a lot of people. But 
you know, but I, I, I think, you know, my boss had said many times, you know, um, people, uh, was it people never remember a late product, but they always remember a low quality product. And I wasn't prepared to, to ship it. And he understood. He gave me a hard time about it, but he understood. And, um, so we ended up shipping it, you know, four months after, uh, we were supposed to and in a different year that it was named, which led to plenty of confusion. Um, but uh, but I'm glad I did. It was the right decision, um, but it hurt. And they, was was that around the because it was the beta two, and then there was like beta two refresh. I seem to remember. Was that and was that around those sorts of time frame? It I'm could have been. I, yeah. I believe it. Um, you know, the, sort of. Even when we did ship it, one of the defining characteristics of TFS 2005 is the darn thing was too hard to install. Uh, you know, we got it to the point that it worked pretty well. It scaled well, and it had a good feature set, and it was reasonably reliable. But, oh, my God, it was a bear to install. <laughs> you know, people would ask me, you know, how long does it take to install? And I would say, okay, if you know what you're doing, uh, four to six hours. If you don't, a couple of days. Um, and, it, you know, it, it, it was not. That was not something I was particularly proud of, um, but uh, you know we reached a point of diminishing returns on it. We needed to step back and and take some uh, a bigger picture look at what we were doing uh, in terms of installation and configuration. And I remember by the time we we made a very deliberate focus on it, and boy, I forget exactly what release was what, but I think it was TFS 2008. It might have been early builds of 2010 where. Um, I, I flipped it completely around, and I would walk up on stage in, uh, in, at conferences and say, you know, hold up a CD and say, this CD has TFS on it. This computer does not. In, you know, in the period of this 45-minute talk, while I tell you about all the great things about TFS, we are going to install it. And I would, you know, stick the CD in and start the install and do a few PowerPoint slides and come back and, and demo checking in source code and creating work items and creating a CI build and, you know, all within a 45-minute talk with relatively, you know, little paying attention to what I was doing. So we, we really kind of took to heart that, you know, it just can't be that darn hard to to install and configure, particularly a developer server product. Um, you know, something like a, you know, systems management thing is a, is a little different. But a developer product, it just can't be that way. It's got to be super simple. And, uh, and And we worked on that really hard. That, but that, thankfully, though, it got me my first job over at Team Price because I remember the, uh, the 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 Eric Sink's like criteria for coming to work for him was um, you must know Java and you you know and a bit of .NET and you must have installed TFS at least once. So it was like two of us in the entire world that fit those criteria. And we both got the job. So yeah, so thanks. And thanks to Rob Karen as well for doing his, uh, you know, the, the TFS install guide, the chim file that everyone used to have yes. to yep. keep a copy of on a memory stick and take round of us. Because if you didn't, if you missed a single step off that, then basically you just repaved the box because it was going to be quicker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're just, you're just sticking those knives in deeper. Aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, these are happy days. I remember it. We, we, you know, and then it was t- it was 2010, wasn't it? I remember when we when we'd really fixed that. 2008 was the yeah. um, the build stuff we rebooted. Yeah, build. that's right. And then 2010 yeah. installs was just awesome. And I, I remember doing the joke, you know, doing similar things to you and bringing people up on stage and actually getting like a member of the audience to install TFS for me and making sure. And when they didn't read the eulogy, I was like, oh, do you know what that eulogy said? And all those. Things. <laughs> we could joke yeah. about it by then, but yeah. What I remember from that era is your build bunny. 
Oh well, actually, <laughs> we're talking. We were just before the show. I'd been a bit. I'd been a bit poorly recently, and uh, the the last time I was poorly with this thing I had was was when Brian the Bill Bunny got invented because I was so annoyed at being stuck at home while I, uh, on a travel ban, which I'm on again now. That um, yeah, I invented Brian the Bill Bunny. So hey, every every silver cloud and everything, every every cloud has a silver lining. So there we go. Yep, that was great. Um, so when did TF? So. 2002 TFS started. I actually didn't yeah, realize that. Yeah. Is that when? You, so it was you and Craig sat in a garage starting writing it. Is that what happened? Yeah, pretty much. So you know, I uh, let me give a little bit of background, and you gave a little of my bio, but I'll cover it a little bit. So I, you know, when I got out of college, I I went to startups, and I did two startups, um, and quite honestly, never in my life imagined I would work at a big company. And then. The second startup got acquired by Microsoft, and that was a great experience. It was it was fantastic, um, and and so I went to Microsoft. I went to Redmond, and I you know uh, uprooted my family and um, and worked there. You know, my when going there, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to move there for three years, do my time, and then I'm going to go you know go to another startup. And um, and like at every moment, you know, if you ask me at any given time. And you said, Brian, you know, how much longer are you going to be here? I'd say, oh, about three years. And um, after eight years, I finally said, you know, I, I really want to move back and, and be closer to my family. Um, and I had been working on the Common Language Runtime and .NET. And so we, um, uh, you know, I, I told my boss in, I want to say, March of 2002 that I was I was going to leave. Um, and uh, and they said, look, we, we really need you to stay through .NET 1.1 because we got to we got to get that it's you know important to get this update out and blah blah blah. I'm like okay fine I'll I'll do that. So I stayed through November ish um, and moved back to North Carolina in November. So that was really when uh, TFS started. So I, I was uh, by the you know by the grace of God given the opportunity to um, to open a small development center in North Carolina. Um, Working on uh, sort of the problem of of team development, how we make team software development better. So I started the Team Foundation server team, and my brother, who was uh, at One Tree Software when we got acquired and, and moved with me to Redmond, uh, moved back to North Carolina the same time I did. So he, we weren't actually working together in Redmond. He'd gone off and was working in the MSN team, and I was in developer division. But we moved back at the same time, and I said, "Hey, come and." Uh, and 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 do this with me. Let let's uh, you know let's let's have some fun with this. And uh, so we did. And you know I, I I very much when I moved back I I wanted to recreate as best I could the the startup culture and try to figure out how to run a startup within the the umbrella that is Microsoft. And uh, so you know to to, to particularly reinforce that. Um, we started in a spare room in my brother's house. Um, you know, he bought a house when he moved back, and they had this little, you know, I, I think it was kind of officially a bedroom because it had a closet in it, but it was, like, right across from the dining room, so it was kind of like an office with a closet. Um, and and we just, you know, grabbed some desks and some chairs and set up some computers and, uh, you know, went to Office Max and bought a printer and, uh, and and started going uh, and started designing and coding and um, and then started hiring a few people. In fact, the, the first guy we hired uh, was a guy named Ed Glass, who had <laughs> also been at One Tree Software um, when we got acquired, but chose not to join Microsoft. He didn't. He was not in a position to move to Redmond. 
So he was the first guy we hired. He joined us in that little office in my brother's house. And the three of us worked there for months um, until we were ready to start hiring more people. And we're like, you know, we can't cram but so many people into this little 10 foot by 10 foot square room. So let's, you know, let's go find another solution. So we went and rented some some office space somewhere. And, and then the team kind of just grew and grew and grew. And, you know, we're... We're about a hundred people now in in North Carolina, so it's a pretty good sized team. And the team overall is a lot bigger than that, as you were saying, isn't it? Your your yeah 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 it is. I mean, it, it starts to get wacky in terms of what you count, and uh, but yeah, the team is many times that size, depending uh-huh. upon exactly what you count. Yeah. So Microsoft and, and primarily your group, you guys dog food a lot. Um, yeah. When did you start rolling out TFS inside of Microsoft, and, and what kind of stuff did you learn from that? Oh, very, very early. Um, you know, I, I think we, my team, started dogfooding it certainly within the first year uh, of building it. And, you know, we took a very deliberate, gradual scaling out process of, you know, at the, te- at the time, my team was like maybe 30 people. Um, maybe not even that many. It might have been 20-something. But uh, we started very small and then, you know, gradually built up and built up and built up until we had um, all of developer division on it, which at the time was maybe 2,500 people. It was a it was a pretty big organization. And, you know, we learned a lot. Certainly, we learned things about, um, uh, about usage and, and, you know, just getting feedback from users uh, about ways they wanted things to work. We learned things about reliability and, uh, and, and certainly got lots of bug reports. But like, if I learned, like, above all, I, I, I learned a lot of lessons about scale through that process of gradually growing from, you know, 25 to 100 to 300 to 500 to 1,000 to, you know, 2,500. And the, you know, one of the, what I learned is about inflection point. Like at, we had sort of a bunch of core algorithms in our version control system, which about every time we, we grew by 10x over what we had before, the algorithms fell over and we pretty much had to just, you know, hit shift delete on them and, uh, and start typing again because the, the, the core algorithm didn't work. So I think we, uh, we rewrote the core algorithm probably three or four times over the the process of uh, of that uh, of growing it throughout dog fooding dev div and we learned so much about you know the importance of data layout on disk and locality of data and uh, and scalability of algorithms and scale out and and all of these things um, that you know we carry forward even to today as we're now building cloud services there was just it was an incredibly enlightening, uh, you know, period of time for me. Just jump straight to the cloud, actually, on on the scale side, because the, the the scale things is an entirely different scale issue there, isn't it? That was what was fascinating is is how it goes from us, you know, yeah. But do you want to talk a bit about that? How yeah, the, the sure. scale problem completely changes when when we moved out to the cloud? Yeah, it changed a lot. Certainly, up to 2010, uh, you know, we focused incredibly on building a scale up version control system that worked for enterprises or a scale-up ALM server that worked for enterprises. And, um, you know, it. we had, you know, DevDiv with, uh, uh, I don't know, I think we had 5,500 or 6,000 people all told who somewhere used the, the developer division TFS server. And, and we built a system that scaled incredibly well for that. But we were dealing mostly with enterprises 
that had you know maybe a few hundred teams and and they you know they scaled up some of them very big some of them not so big but uh, but it was you know maybe a few hundred teams using uh, the system you know the Microsoft uh, one had I think we had we sort of peaked at about 65 TFS servers with um, you know with a grand total of about oh 50,000 55,000 people using them um, when we went to cloud you know the the scale sort of gets turned upside down we, we instead of having a, a, a comparatively small number of very large projects we had millions upon millions of very small projects where people would just check in little bits of code and you know do a few work items and maybe do a couple of builds and you know sometimes abandon it and come back a year later and create a new account and you just end up with huge numbers of of uh, projects with one or two or three people uh, working in them and that was a dimension of scale we'd never dealt with before and so we had to uh, we really had a, a, a sizable investment as we transitioned from our, our, our sort of on-premises enterprise server to uh, a, a cloud offering that scaled from sort of hobbyists and uh, and students and and sort of the the one person working alone on a project up still up to uh, you know thousands of people working on a project uh, and yeah so that, that was kind of the journey and it was definitely a, a lot of changes there. Brian, do you know if you've still got any code of yours? Is, is there any code in the current version? Oh, that is a good question. Um, I was I, thrilled at the TE open source because I got to see in some of this little tiny bit of my code stuff. <laughs> I was like, yes! I think there might still be a few little pieces in there that I wrote, but uh, there isn't much. Did you do uh, like deltification and stuff or something like that? I don't even no, know. No, I, I, I didn't. I didn't. You know, we use some internal li Microsoft oh, yeah, library yeah, for yeah. deltification. Yeah. I, I wrote the original Team Explorer. Yes. Um, and well, a lot of away. the, mm -hmm. yep, that's <laughs> been replaced. Um, I wrote, nice. um, a lot of the, um, uh, the SharePoint document library code. I, oh, wrote, I wrote that in Java. There we go. We both wrote that. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> uh, I wrote all the pending changes stuff and check-in policy stuff. And, uh, I, I wrote a lot of that version control stuff way back then. And yeah, I think at this point, I'll be shocked if every single line is gone, but, uh, if, if 99% of them aren't gone, I'll be surprised. <laughs> and disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, the last time I actively coded on features was probably 2009. You, you were know, still doing it when I came on the team. Yeah. So that's 2009, 2010. You would, yeah, you would about that time hold frame. yourself off in a cupboard somewhere and, you know, when you needed to have a break and just go code yep. a bit. Yeah. So, you know, after I stopped, I mean, after the team got big enough that, you know, you, you, when you get a team that finally gets big enough with you, the, the terrifying realization that you eventually have is I'm not reliable. Like, uh, even though I might still physically be able to do it, the, you know, the emergencies of my day and the various fire drills I get called on, you can't count on me to deliver any features. So, you know, after I, I, I passed the point that I could be counted on to deliver features on any sensible schedule, I, you know, I went to, okay, great. So I'll write samples and, I'll fix bugs and I'll, um, you know, I'll, I'll kind of work around the edges where nobody has to count on me for a date. Yeah, but, you did power tools for a bit longer, I seem to remember. Yeah, I did yeah. power tools for a couple more years. Um, but, you know, the org at this point is, uh, I don't know, 700 people, 750 people, and that keeps me incredibly busy. So I, I don't get to, I don't get to write a lot of code that goes into the product anymore. 
on the podcast, we talk a lot about how much the end user feedback um, is listened to by your team. But I really want to hear it from the horse's mouth. How much impact do the MVPs, ALM Rangers, TFS, VSTS, Visual Studio users really have on the product? I would say huge impact. I mean, I, I, I it's one of the cultures I developed from a startup was, look, the, the most important thing in the world is a happy customer. And, you know, when I came to Microsoft, Microsoft was very insular. You know, you had the dev team, and the dev team wrote code, and they never talked to a customer. And you had the PM team and the support team and the sales team. And, and when I came to Microsoft, it's just like, I don't get this because in a startup, I used to describe, you know, I spent about one-third of my time coding, one-third of my time on technical support, and one-third of my time on sales support. And, and, and that was the life of a startup. And the, the, the value of being able to see all, all three aspects of the business and to understand how they interplay and how code you wrote made customers happy or unhappy and talking to a customer and understanding that they're comparing you to the competition and trying to decide whether they like you or better or not and whether or not you're worth the you know the 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 price that you're asking for those are so incredibly valuable perspectives to have um that what it was sort of one of our you know our principles or our, our, our foundational assumptions in building the tfs team is that we were going to be incredibly incredibly engaged with uh, with customers, whether it's in support or it's on blogs or it's on forums or it's in the sales cycle or, you know, whatever. And, and you know, I think my team, you know, all up has dozens of customer conversations every single day. Uh, it, it's just a core part of, of how we work. Definitely. And so having been around a bit more of the company now i mean when i came to the company it was great because you say it was we were a startup and we were joining kind of a small company inside a big company is how it felt and um yeah, having been around the company now you get to see how you know there are parts that are very very responsive but not every part of the company is 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 as laser focused on the customers as as you know the alm side is so it's great to yeah see. i mean overall microsoft has gotten a lot oh, better. Yeah, I mean, when definitely. i joined in mid 90s it was a very very different place and yeah you know, somewhere around 2000, 2000, and between 2000 and 2003, a, a shift started, and I saw the company become more customer responsive, more externally focused, and that has accelerated and accelerated o over the years. And certainly, I've done all I could from from my little role to encourage it where I could see it and set examples for people on how to be transparent and and you know, look, you, you have to except when you're going to admit mistakes some people are going to blame you for it but but in the end you kind of get you got to get around that it's okay and more people will appreciate it than will you know will turn it around and use it against you so kind of just being open being transparent being engaging uh, is is there's just no substitute for that. It's the best way to be. Well, Brian, we have to wrap up. We've already gone over sure. the, the promised thirty minutes, but we've got uh, I've got two questions to ask okay. you. The, the first one: we couldn't have you on if we didn't talk about your farm. Oh, what's, <laughs> <laughs> what's the latest toy have you bought or the, the latest improvement that you've made? Well, the latest thing I've been building is a barn extension. Um, the it's you know about fifty feet by. Uh, by about 15 feet, uh, divided into a couple of rooms for some freezers for, for beef and some uh, egg washers and various uh, things to, uh, to, to manage the, the food production that we do on the farm. So 
that's kind of my my latest big project. Uh, last question is, and this is personally for me, uh, um, is there anything that you can, how excited should uh, we that are going to build be about the, the keynote? Is it is it going to be like jump out of your seat excitement? <laughs> going to be great stuff? Oh, boy. So now you're going to get, you asked a question that, that makes me give you more insight into Microsoft than you probably want, uh, and that is, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> because <laughs> Scott's doing the keynote and 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 Scott uh Scott's keynote uh preparation model is incredibly chaotic. So he's got dozens of people off building various demos and whatever and in the end he'll pick what he's going to do. I, I I often say Scott's keynote doesn't come together until the day before the keynote when he decides, okay, these are the things I'm going to put in, these are the things I'm not going to put in. Uh, but Scott's keynotes are always great, so I, I, I think it's going to be exciting. I don't, I don't doubt that at all. There's some, there's some great stuff uh, that we have going on. I know he's going to talk a lot about the Xamarin acquisition um, that we recently announced. Um, I, I think it's going to be a, a very cool keynote. And as a conference in general, it's it's a uh, it's a pretty good time to be a Microsoft developer, isn't it? It's uh it's going oh, yeah. to be yeah it's going to be a good it's a good year. Yeah. Well, Brian, thank you very much for your time. Um, as as we sign off, is there anything that you would like to say to our listeners or longtime users of VSTS and TFS? I, I, I guess you know, thank you is is the main thing I'd say. Is you know, we 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 love the users who use our product. We care a lot uh, about making you all successful, and we are always open to feedback. So whether it's my blog or it's user voice or uh, or our forums or whatever, uh, we, we love to hear from you and we'll do whatever we can to make you happy. Great. Well, again, thank you very much, Brian. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Radio TFS. Do you guys want to reach out and talk to us? Um, email us at radiotfs at outlook.com, via Twitter at Radio TFS, Facebook at facebook.com slash Radio TFS. Send us a voicemail. You know we play your voicemails on the air, as long as they're safe for work. One four two five two three three eight three seven nine, and you know I actually want to hear from you all. This is a happy birthday TFS. Can you share your TFS stories with us? Send us an email and share your happy birthday TFS. Your first experience with 2005, um, the the 26 page chum file. Yeah, you know, who's all been there? I, I, let's hear about it or give us a voicemail on it, and we'll try to set it up. I'm not really sure when the next show will be because it's in the middle of build, and that that that's going to be a little bit weird, but. Um, We'll try to figure that out, but let us know. Uh, send us a tweet, email, voicemail. We want your feedback. Um, so, Martin, what did you think about that show? I, just, already, just, I, yeah. It's always a pleasure yeah, talking just, to Brian. So, you know, I just wish we had like four hours with him because he's, <laughs> he's just such a good guy. So, and um, yeah, he's very humble, modest, and but the team are just awesome. You know, I, I, um, the the team he's built, the attitude he's instilled in the team, and the 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 responsiveness to customers. And, you know, he he's the first to admit the mistakes and the problems that we have, and he's the first, like you said in the show last week, which I did listen to. You know, he's the he's the first to point out areas that are a little bit rough around the edges. He, you know, there'll be dragons, but he's just the most. Um, has the highest level of integrity that listens to all his customers, just really cares and just a super nice guy. So, yeah, great. We'll, we'll have him on the 20-year show as well, shall we? <laughs> that sounds like a plan. In-
day. All right. Again, everybody, I want to thank you for listening and happy birthday, GFS.